people are the most consequential and dangerous forces on earth. Well, personality psychology is about the nature of human nature. It's about people. And wouldn't that be useful to know? I mean, it seems to me, I can't, I can't think of a more important problem. You're listening to the Science of Personality podcast, brought to you by Hogan Assessments, the global leader in personality assessment and leadership development since 1987. Your hosts are Hogan Chief Science Officer and world-renowned personality psychologist, Dr. Ryan Sherman, along with Hogan PR Manager and resident storyteller, Blake Lett. Hello and welcome everyone back to the Science of Personality podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Sherman, along with my co-host, as always, Blake Lepp. Say hello, Blake. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Science of Personality podcast, episode 16. For those of you who are listening now, this is our last episode of the year, and it's been quite a year thus far. Um, I think most of us can agree on that, that 2020 has been interesting to say the least. And with that, we wanted to do a special show for you uh, just to kind of recap what 2020 looked like, but we're going to do it in a little bit different manner um, than, than maybe uh, you know some of these other recap shows or podcasts you might be listening to. And we want to really dial it into uh, the derailers or perhaps the, the dark side of 2020, if you will. For those of you who don't know, Hogan uh, identifies these 11 characteristics that are what causes people to fail in their career. Um, it, it's what happens when they stop uh, self-monitoring or they're under stress or pressure. So what we wanted to do was actually take those derailers and then identify a person or a group of people or an entity that most accurately represents these different derailers that we talk about. So with that, Ryan, maybe give us just a little bit of a background of what some of these derailers are before we dive into the episode. Yeah, sure. And I think it's important for the audience to know that, you know, this is, uh, you know, this is meant to be fun and lighthearted. And it's just sort of a, a fun way to, to, to end 2020. And, 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 you know, for us, it's been a really fun year to, to do this podcast. The year itself hasn't been so much fun. But I think these derailers really highlight um, the, the people or the things that we have chosen as the derailers of the year really highlight um, something that is critical for 2020, that's relevant to 2020, um, that really emphasizes each of these derailers. So yeah, as Blake mentioned, these derailers are the kinds of things that get you into trouble at work, things that derail your career, hence the name derailer. Um, and I think the list we've got here is is a, is a pretty accurate representation of the uh, problems that we've seen uh, over, over the course of 2020. So with that, let's dive into the different derailers. And the first one up on our list is what we call Excitable. And the derailer of the year in 2020 for Excitable is the toilet paper hoarders. We all saw it back in March. We're going to the store. Everybody's kind of uncertain. They don't know what's happening. They just know that states are declaring a state of emergency. Uh, you know, COVID-19 has, has evolved into a, a global pandemic. And the next thing you know, you can't find a sheet of toilet paper anywhere. So when we talk about toilet paper hoarders uh, in relationship to Excitable, Ryan, give the audience a little bit of an idea of what we mean by that. 
Yeah, sure. So, so this is a group that's really emotional, right? So, so okay, everybody panic is sort of the idea here, and that's exactly what the toilet paper hoarders did in, in 2020. So we think they really represent excitable well by saying, oh my God, everything is a disaster. Everything bad is about to happen. Let me grab all the toilet paper and all the canned goods and everything else that, that I might, I'll never leave my bunker again um, sort of attitude. So, so the toilet paper hoarders, congratulations on being the, the 2020 excitable derailleur of the year. The good news is, is that we actually can find toilet paper now, but I've heard of some stores, again, still here in town, selling out at a, at a pretty rapid rate. So, you know, as this, as this pandemic, you know, we get into the second wave, beware, the toilet paper hoarder's dark side may come out again. So if you haven't stocked up, we highly recommend that you do so. Um, but you know, again, why this happened in the first place, I don't know, but I have decided that the next time we have a big global pandemic, I'm going to go to a store and buy all of the toothpaste I possibly can just for the fun of it, just to freak <laughs> everybody out. <laughs> and, and then everybody just starts buying all the toothpaste and that's going to be the next big thing. So, so with that, let's move on to our next derailer of the year, which is skeptical. And I think in a year like this, we don't want to get into politics too much, and we're not going to take one side of the aisle, but the 2020 derailer for, of the year for skeptical goes to the American voters. And Ryan, tell us why. Yeah, well, I mean, if we uh, had looked at, uh, at elections in the United States recently, and in particularly in 2020, there was certainly a lot of skepticism, a lot of cynicism, a lot of unhappiness with the candidates. It, it, only compared to 2016 are these two of the most uh, unpopular candidates uh, ever to run for an election. So, And then on top of that, we have all kinds of skepticism and cynicism about the system. You know, um, you know I, is this party trying to prevent people from voting? Are mail-in? ballots, fraudulent, um, all of these kinds of things that, uh, that on election day, votes weren't tabulated properly. Um, lots of skepticism, lots of cynicism, lots of distrust in the electoral process. So congratulations to the American voters on your 2020 Skeptical Derailer of the Year Award. Yeah, it's it, this was just one of those weird years where, you know, months and months leading up to the election, I think the voters were... Uh, uneasy. They saw what kind of happened back in uh, in 2016, and you know, with whether it's Russian interference, uh, you know, or any other kind of foreign interference, uh, the the voting machines, the software, everybody kind of had their you know you know their cynical radar out, if you will. And uh, I think it's still kind of present today. <laughs> I don't know that we're completely over it, and I'm not sure that it's going to change. Uh, in the 2024 election, this might just be what we're dealing with moving forward, but it is what it is. And um, we'll just continue to, to let our democracy do its thing for better or for worse. So um, as we move on to our third derailer of the year, we're going to be talking about cautious. So the 2020 derailer of the year for cautious goes to the global population. And I think Ryan has some, some interesting thoughts as to why, but I think most of you probably have a pretty good idea of what he's going to say. 
Yeah, well, of course, you know, 2020 was a remarkable year because of the, the the COVID pandemic. Of course, this led to lots of sorts of things that we would say are cautious behaviors, right? So people becoming very risk uh, risk averse, uh, overly careful, wearing masks, whether or not masks are effective or not, and then they are effective. Uh, uh, cautious about um, you know washing our hands, cautious about shaking hands, uh, cautious about flying, cautious about traveling. Um, lots of, uh, uh, attempts to avert risk, right? Working from home, all kinds of things, uh, social distancing, pretty much the entire 2020 could be described as cautious. So congratulations on to, to the global population for your award for the 2020 cautious derailer of the year. Yeah, it, it is an quite a different year. I don't think we've ever seen anything quite like this, at least not in our lifetime. Uh, I also think it was kind of noticeable to see the, the, the ebb and flow of cautious this year, you know, started out very, very cautious once the pandemic hit. And then we kind of let our guard down. And I think we've seen where that has gotten us. Uh, And then I, uh, hopefully people are starting to take this, you know, a little bit more seriously now as we're, as we're moving in, uh, you know, beyond the holiday season into 2021 uh, but I think as a whole, the global population has probably been more cautious this year than, than they have in quite some time and, and with good reason. So, uh, the, so the 2020 derailer of the year for cautious goes to the global population. So moving on to the next derailer of the year, it is reserved and the 2020 derailer of the year for reserve goes to the anti-Zoomers. And Ryan, what do we mean by that? Oh, well, yeah. So I think, you know, one of the big things that happened in 2020 is we saw this increase in uh, in, in Zoom meetings, right? It's just a Zoom or any kind of, you know, whether it's Microsoft Teams or Skype or whatever it is, any kind of way of uh, or FaceTime of, of connecting with each other from a socially safe distance. Uh, this way is typically through some commute, computer mediated visual uh, 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 form of communication. Now, what we mean by anti-Zoomers are the people who refuse to turn on that camera, right? So these are the people who say, that's it. I'm not turning my camera on. Yeah, we can have a meeting, but I'm making it a phone meeting. I'm you know, not interested in doing this kind of face-to-face social interaction, even over a computer-mediated distance. Um, and so for us, the the reserved uh, 2020 derailer of the year goes to the anti-Zoomers. You know, I bet there's a lot of people at CNN who wish one of their colleagues was an anti-Zoomer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we won't get into details as to what that means. You've either heard about it or you haven't, or you can look it up. But Ryan, that guy's still employed. <laughs> well, that's kind of amazing. <laughs> I saw that earlier in the week and I was thinking... Oh, well, okay. If only he had been a little bit more reserved, um, maybe maybe he wouldn't have been making headlines for all of the wrong reasons. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely been a crazy year. Uh, and if you watch and monitor Zoom's stock price, I mean, <laughs> they're having a pretty stellar year. Uh, but that's just the card that, or the hand that we were dealt and we were forced to play. And they were just sitting there in a perfect position to capitalize on on something that's quite unfortunate, but you know, this is how you know companies oftentimes you know make all their money or make make the biggest uh, 
impact and and grow significantly is whenever something kind of unexpected happens and they have the platform that can take us from one style of work to another style of work. So, uh, well, that's a big point, right? What would we do without them? Right. You know, so exactly. um, It made the transition to distance work a lot easier for a lot of people. Yeah, it actually, I mean, it might be one of the biggest things to happen to the workplace since, um, like a computer, you know, you think, you think about what did they do back in the day? You watch Mad Men and then you think, wow. I mean, like you have to hire four or five people to do the, the things that you can essentially do on one device as one person. Um, whether it's, you know, sorting mail and, and all of that, all of that. Now you just have it all come into one inbox and you can manage it yourself. But, uh, it's a huge, huge, uh, opportunity for them and I, I think it's one of the bigger things to happen to the workforce since since you know the introduction of the computer so moving on to our next derailer of the year which is leisurely the 2020 derailer of the year for leisurely goes to sports franchises ryan tell us why sports franchises take home the leisurely award in 2020 well, leisurely is all about being sort of outwardly cooperative, right? It looks like you're you're seeming like you're getting along with everybody, you're supporting the initiatives, but secretly deep down you're getting whatever it is that you want. And nobody exemplifies that I think even better than the sports franchises for 2020. So sports franchises all over the all over the place whether it was uh baseball, soccer, football, whatever. Um, they all said, oh, you know, this pandemic's really serious. We need to, you know, break things up. We need to, you know, cancel some of these events. But ultimately, they opened them all back up. They uh, have done them in different ways. They still capitalized on lots of TV revenue, like the NBA is an example. They said, okay, well, they're all going to play in a bubble. Major League Baseball had a shortened season. And uh, by all accounts, uh, all of these sports franchises are just as profitable as ever. Um, despite the fact that everybody else uh, and lots of other businesses are hurting seriously financially, yet nonetheless, the sports franchises, um, outwardly cooperative, look like they're they're really taking the pandemic seriously, but uh, internally uh, still just as profitable as, as they ever have been. So uh, congratulations, sports franchises, on your leisurely 2020 derailer of the year. You know, and on a side note, I want to give the a hats off to the NBA for their creativity in the bubble. It worked. I think that's what's crazy is, you know, they they came up with the plan, but uh, it, it's just kind of like one of those things where it's like, oh, oh, really? You think you think we're not going to make money in the middle of a pandemic and we're not going to play the the links to which they went to through to to build or to get that facility up and running at Disney world. I mean, that's, that's quite an undertaking. So I even want to give them a little bit of props because I think the NBA did it about as well as any other sports franchise, but also they're a little bit better equipped. I think with this, the amount of people they had to deal with uh, and, and, you know, the size of the venue they need and things like that, that they were in a better position to handle something like this but still i'm gonna give them some credit for the creativity ryan well i think i think that's true uh in the nba's case and uh 
you know, uh, other sports try and try other sports groups tried some different things than we've seen hit or miss. If you look at like the NFL schedule, we noticed that uh, some teams have not played nearly as many games as others because of cancellations uh, due to due to COVID because they haven't been really practicing the kinds of social distancing uh, the rest of us have. Well, you should just imagine my frustration as a fantasy football owner. Um, <laughs> but I, I digress. So moving on to our next derailer of the year. This one is for Bold. So the 2020 derailer of the year for Bold goes to none other than Oklahoma's finest, Joe Exotic. Ryan, why did we pick Joe Exotic for Bold? Well, <laughs> Joe Exotic was a really a big name, particularly early in 2020, uh, with, with the the Netflix series that that uh, you know, he appeared on and made so famous. But you know what a confident guy, right? I mean, you know, just just uh, you know, despite all of the struggles and, and and things that he's had go wrong for him in his life, really quite confident, really uh, self confident in in his uh, his his. Uh, business and in his organization and the kinds of things he did so confident that he'd be willing to take uh uh steps to uh, at least maybe perhaps conspire uh in the murder of of one of his uh, one of his enemies um uh, but more on that a little later um but yeah i mean at the end of the day you know joe, joe exotic very confident guy i mean who else says hey we should record everything at our uh, facility just in case we want to make movies about it someday. I mean, that's, that's Joe exotic. And, and that takes a lot of uh, self-confidence for sure to pull off. Yeah. And on, honestly, I, I just can't believe that watching this early on, I mean, cause this was the big beginning of the pandemic hit, you know, this was what everybody was binging tiger King, this tiger King, that it was dominating conversations. And it's just crazy that all of this was happening just south of us right here in our very own state of Oklahoma. Um, it's, if, you know, if you lived in Oklahoma for a while, you, you knew who Joe Exotic was. You knew about the Tiger King. But then this Netflix special just really took everything to a completely different level. And I've been seeing this a little bit in the news, and I want to just tell everybody right now, we are recording this on December 17th. It will be released on December 29th. I am curious to see if, President Trump pardons Joe Exotic by the time this episode airs or maybe shortly thereafter. That's going to be the the interesting thing to watch. Ryan, do you think Joe Exotic should be pardoned? <laughs> well, uh, you know, I'm not going to weigh in on that. I, I have to admit, I, I do have a soft spot in my heart for the guy. Uh, but, <laughs> but uh, from a legal standpoint, uh, I'm going to I'm going to avoid I'm, I'm going to pass on the question. I'm going to go ahead and weigh in, though. Um, because <laughs> I'm not, here's the way I look at it. I think Joe Exotic did, uh, he, I, I don't think he treated his animals properly. And I think that is just completely wrong. It, there's no excuse for that. However, I will say that the, I want to live in a world where either both Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin are in jail or both are out. You can't have one in and one out. I just feel like that the world needs both of them in jail or both of them out of jail to, to, meet you know the perfect harmony within this world that's just my take so well i think that makes the perfect definition of balance justice so <laughs> exactly fair and balanced <laughs> uh moving on to our next derailer of the year now we're going to talk about mischievous my personal favorite 
So the 2020 derailer of the year for Mischievous goes to Utah Jazz player Rudy Gobert. Ryan, for those who don't know, I think it's pretty I think it's pretty clear for those who live here in Oklahoma, but why Rudy Gobert? Yeah, so Rudy Gobert, so sort of famously, uh, was the right when the COVID pandemic was breaking out, was sort of pretending like this wasn't a real thing. This really didn't matter. There was no risk, and it was uh, famously uh, was recorded as having an interview, and he started touching all of the microphones, uh, you know, saying, "Oh, there's no, you know, no pandemic. I'll touch all the microphones. I'll lick all the microphones. All of that kind of thing." And then, like a week later, or just even a few days later, came down with the uh w- with the coronavirus himself and infected uh members of his team with it so i mean that that's really the the quintessential part of mischievousness right is that sort of um testing the limits um you know uh taking unnecessary risks so uh you know congratulations rudy gobert on the 2020 mischievous derailer of the year yeah and honestly this is the one wherever whenever everything really kind of hit home. I remember watching, I was about to watch the Oklahoma City Thunder play the Utah Jazz in Oklahoma City, and they were about to announce the starting lineups. I'm at a friend's house, and my friend goes, what's taking so long? Is is there a delay, or are the lights not working? What's going on? And I just remember, I just I just looked at him, and I said, I said, this is it. This is, it. it's here. Like, we're... This is this is go to the store tonight, get some things. The toilet paper is going to be gone soon. Uh, that was kind of the night where it really hit home. Like we're in for an interesting year. So moving on to our next one. And again, this gets back to one that we've previously talked about. The 2020 derailer of the year for colorful goes to none other than Joe Exotic's nemesis. Carol Baskin. Ryan, why would Carol Baskin be considered colorful? Yeah, well, I mean, I think, uh, again, this goes back to, you know, people that were talking about really quintessentially displayed these characteristics in 2020. And and Carol Baskin uh, took the 2020 scene by storm as as one of the key characters in Tiger King. And, you know, she's really well known for her sort of uh, dramatic uh, kind of behavior, her website talking about all the evil things that were happening to to these cats and tigers um, in different places. You know, her um, sort of outrageous uh, or I would say um, eccentric uh, uh, wardrobe uh, it really tries to grab people's attention, uh, tries to, to, to you know get the attention onto her. Um, and, and I mean, I think this is what her critics would say, uh, is that, you know, even though she pretends like she's sort of a savior for these cats, she's really just about the attention. She's really just about trying to, to make a profit for herself through, through that attention grabbing kind of tactics. And so, um, ultimately I think that makes Carol Baskin a pretty clear cut fit for somebody who is colorful, at least in 2020. So congratulations, Carol Baskin on the 2020 colorful derailer of the year. Yeah, and she even even in the show, I remember she would walk the halls of Congress in leopard print or tiger print of some sort, and she acknowledged. She's like, "I want them to know that I'm the I'm the cat lady. You know, I'm the one who's coming uh, to talk about cats, and you're going to know it because I've got this printed all over me." Uh, if that doesn't say colorful or scream colorful, I don't know what does. Um, 
again, I'm going back to it. A perfect world is either one with Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin both in jail or both outside of jail. So let's see what happens before Trump leaves office and see if Joe gets uh, that presidential pardon. But that's enough of Tiger King. We're done with them for this episode. So moving on to the next 2020 derailer of the year, which goes to, uh, which is about imaginative and it goes to the COVID-19 deniers. Ryan, why would we put them under imaginative? Well, so there's a whole lot of people. This is really, I have to admit, a tough category. There were a lot of good nominees for 2020. Uh, people like uh, Flat Earthers uh, are always making a run for the imaginative uh, 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 derailer of the year. Um, but in the case, in this case, the COVID deniers really take the cake, in part because 2020 was so defined by the COVID pandemic. So these imaginative folks, what is imaginative really about? It's about having sort of an eccentric or eclectic uh, way of thinking, being very impractical, um, sort of. Uh, and, and in fact, we know that uh, people who are high on imaginative are much more likely to buy into conspiratorial ideas. Uh, you know, thing. I mean, you could read in all of these kinds of things on the Internet that, you know, the vaccines are really about implanting chips and controlling your minds with 5G. I mean, these are really quite imaginative ideas. And, and many of the COVID deniers, you know, that's, you know, they said this is what this is about. This is about China trying to to attack the United States, those kinds of things. Um, despite the fact that the evidence is really quite contrary to, to, the, to those sorts of ideas. Um, so that's why the, the COVID deniers really take the cake. Uh, and are the uh, the winners of the 2020 derailer of the year for imaginative. Yeah, it's crazy. There was actually a guy who, I don't even remember what I posted, but it had to do something, it had something to do with masks or, or something along those lines. And some guy just sends me like basically like free America and then sends me a, a link to all of these, well, like in air quotes, uh, scholarly articles about how face masks don't do anything, uh, you know, this or this isn't as ba big of a deal as it seems. And I just kind of, how do you reply to someone with that kind of mentality? I just kind of said, we obviously have very different opinions. I actually used a Mad Men Don Draper uh, gift for that. And also, uh, I think that's our second Mad Men reference of the of the show of <laughs> the episode so we're gonna go ahead and move on and we'll try not to let that happen again so uh moving on to the next 2020 derailer of the year this one is for diligent and the 2020 derailer of the year for diligent goes to taylor swift ryan why taylor swift yeah, so diligence is really about uh, being seriously uh, overworked or overworking and, and mostly about being perfectionistic and, and, and micromanaging. And Taylor Swift, wow, did she really put in a lot of work in 2020? Um, uh, I believe, if I understand it correctly, and my sources are a little vague when it comes to pop music, that she has... Don't, don't lie to us, Ryan. <laughs> you, you know you have posters up in your studio right now. That she, that she has produced and, and uh, well, as the kids say these days, dropped uh, two albums in 2020. You know, and at a time when most pop artists might might produce a new album every couple of years, three years, four years to put two out in a single year. 
is really tremendous. Um, and so, I mean, that's, that's really working hard. That's really getting down into the details and, and, and micromanaging your time. I mean, you really have to be micromanaging with your own time if you're putting in that much effort to, to produce two albums in a single year. So congratulations to Taylor on the 2020 Diligent Derailer of the Year. You know, and Ryan, just a little fun fact for our audience. I don't know if, if they realize this, but um, Taylor Swift and the Science of Personality podcast combined has hundreds of millions of downloads. Wow. Yeah. So it's crazy. if you're you combine us, we're talking hundreds of millions. Yeah. I mean, if you're listening to Taylor Swift, you might as well listen to the Science of Personality podcast. There's a pretty big overlap there, I think, honestly. <laughs> I, I see it. I, I don't know. But uh, congratulations, Taylor, for, for your 2020 Derailer of the Year Award for Diligent. And so our last 2020 Derailer of the Year Award is for Dutiful. And with this one, the 2020 Derailer of the Year for Dutiful goes to the media. Ryan, why do we pick the media for, for Dutiful? Yeah, well, Dutiful is really all about being eager to please and eager to please everyone, being ingratiating. And if you look at the media uh, in, in 2020, you know, they, they seem just overly eager to please everybody. They want to, to please their own audiences. They want to please, the, in often case, the politicians or the public figures that they're interviewing. They want everybody to like them. They want to be in the room. They don't want to be kicked out of the room. Um, you know, they, 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 tr they want to present everything as, you know, well, there's uh, good and bad to both sides, all of that kind of thing. And so um, it ultimately, you know, that that to us, that looks like an, a, a lot like dutiful, a lot like trying to please everybody. And, and so the, the media really, in our view, takes takes the uh, the award for 2020. So congratulations to the media on the 2020 derailer of the year for dutiful. Yeah, and I want to give a shout out to the media here because, you know, I, I think what you have to think about in terms of who really had the tough jobs in 2020, the, obviously the first ones you think of are, are healthcare workers, frontline healthcare workers. Uh, then you start thinking about your teachers. But really, you know, the media had a very, very difficult job, especially in the midst of a bunch of uncertainty early on. They're you know, essentially putting themselves at risk to report the news uh, in the most responsible way they can, whether you agree or disagree with a certain outlet's take on particular um, topics. Uh, the fact is they, they put themselves out there and I got, I've got to give them a lot of credit uh, for, for doing a lot of hard work. I mean, cause you know, they probably didn't have normal journalists never have normal hours, but they really probably had some abnormal hours and worked a little bit harder than they probably have in pre in previous years. So um, yeah, big shout out to the media for the work they did this year. Um, well, well I think Blake, which, you, which you're, you know, also what that drives as an important point that I hope our listeners know, first of all, this is all in good fun. Second of all, I do want to point out that, um, th that it's just because someone is a derailer of the year or has a derailer, that does not necessarily mean, uh, the person or the thing is, is all bad by any means. In many cases, derailers do, do lead to problems, but, uh, you know, at other times derailing is exactly the kind of thing or engaging in one of these derailers is exactly the kind of thing that you need to do. I, you, you pointed out, uh, you know, frontline healthcare workers, well, they're also extremely dutiful, right? Um, and, and that dutifulness was really necessary. To, to help lots of people all over the globe, um, you know, uh, who are admitted to hospitals and intensive care units, 
um, overcome uh, the, the pandemic in those individual cases. So uh, while, while derailers are typically seen as a bad thing, uh, they're not always. And uh, in this particular, and in some of these cases, it, it is the case that it wasn't necessarily bad. But I, I think overall, I, ho- I hope that the audience understands that uh, you know, this is meant to, to give you a sense of what these derailers are, how they can play out in the real world, but also just to have a little bit of fun at the end of the year of what has been a really uh, remarkably tough year. It really has been a tough year, Ryan, but uh, I think we have to also look at the bright spots that happen. And and first and foremost, Ryan and I would like to extend a, a special thanks to all of you who are listening right now and have listened to previous episodes. We kicked this podcast off in June, and this is our 16th episode. We've had a lot of fun with it, but we wouldn't still be doing it if it wasn't for the positive feedback we're getting from, from people on our social media channels. Uh, we're seeing people, uh, you know, download uh, consistently each week there, you know, we have, you know, a a very nice amount of active listeners who are are really tuning into every episode. And it's just been a joy for us, Ryan. I I, I'm sure you probably feel the same. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, it's really great when I get a, a message on LinkedIn or even in my email from somebody who, know said hey love the latest podcast episode you know and that kind of thing really motivates us to keep going and 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 to, and to keep trying to deliver for you all the best content we can on the topic of personality and personality science so we really do appreciate all of the listeners and you know i know going forward we're going to be trying to solicit even more listener feedback so that we can you know build out content that you really want to hear about and and that'll be one of our goals for 2021 so be on the lookout for that well, Ryan, with that, any closing thoughts or, or anything you're looking forward to in 2021 before we sign off for for the year? Well, I'm looking forward to seeing how this how, how these vaccines progress. Uh, you know, I, I'm really hoping that uh, we can get back to business as usual. Uh, we can get lots more people back to work. Um, we can, uh, you know, save lots, you know, thousands and hundreds of thousands of lives um, with its administration. But in the short term, you know, I'm just looking forward to enjoying the holiday season. Um, and I hope all of our listeners are, are, are also out there having a great holiday, um, getting to relax a little bit um, but before uh, 2021 kicks off. Yeah, and I think if there's there's one thing, it seems like a small thing, but it's kind of been a, a void in my life because it was something I was so used to doing on a regular basis is I want to go to a concert again. I'm... I'm a, you know, I had, I had three concerts scheduled whenever all of this started and they've all been rescheduled, postponed, canceled, whatever. Um, So I just kind of miss being around people and being in a a sea of people. Will we ever see that again? I hope so, but I don't know. Well, you know, I'm not the sea of person concerts kind of person like you are, Blake, but I tell you what, it, it does remind me the things that I do miss, you know, I do miss giving somebody a handshake. You know, I I miss, you know, being able to hug a friend and and say, it's good to see you. Haven't seen you in a while. And, you know, I am really looking forward to, you know, to having those moments where where I can make, you know, minimal uh, physical contact with another human in a way that says, you know, I like you, I care about you and I respect you. And and I, I really have missed that in 2020. Yeah, Ryan, it's been too long since you and I have hugged. (laughs) I'm missing you. (laughs) <laughs> so, um, okay. So with that, again, 
thank you all so much. If you like this show, go give us five stars on on uh, Apple Podcasts. And with that, I hope you can join us in two weeks when we bring on Jillian Hyde of the Psychological Consultancy Limited. Uh, she is going to come on and talk about the bright side of neuroticism. So join us in two weeks for that episode. Trust me, you're not going to want to miss it. Cheers, everybody. This has been the Science of Personality podcast brought to you by Hogan Assessments. You can access all podcast episodes on our website, scienceofpersonality.com, or on the streaming service of your choice. See you next time.